Hello everyone, my name is Sergio and I'm kicking off the next installment of the international series on the Dodgeball Podcast. Here with me, I have the pride of Aberdeen. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Anthony Aldred. I play for the Granite City Gorillas in Aberdeen, Scotland, and I also play for the Scotland Highlanders international dodgeball team. Um, I'm also the, the guy with all the kits on Instagram, the dodgeball kit collector. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll definitely get into that um, further along, but you are definitely the world-renowned kit collector, as some people may know. Um, so uh, I've, always wanted to I've always wanted to ask people, what is your jersey number and what's the story behind it? So my jersey number is 24. Um, I think, like a lot of people, it's, it's the, my date of birth. Oh, not my date of birth, my date of birth. Um, so 24, I was born on the 24th of December, um, oh, but wow. my sister and my mum were also born on the 24th. So in our family, it's kind of quite a significant number. So that's, that's why I chose it. Oh, wow. Um, so your sister's born on the 24th and your mom's born on the 24th? Yeah. Wow. That, that is very significant. If there's... Yeah, that number's definitely got some lineage with you guys. <laughs> that was definitely not and I'm getting these like very unique uh stories as far as like why people pick jersey numbers and that's really really insightful. And now I think about it like I share my birthday with two other cousins. So but ten is not my number choice. <laughs> um okay. Uh let's talk about the dodgeball scene out in uh, Scotland. Um do you feel like is it do you feel it compares to the states or how um how how uh, impactful is dodgeball out there um for scotland it's definitely smaller than the united states in terms of the dodgeball scene um and we're definitely smaller than england we're probably closer to wales or northern ireland in our scene um we have the team in Aberdeen um, and a team in Edinburgh who play competitively just now. So we've got two teams over a massive, well, what I'd say is a massive country, but compared to the USA, it's tiny. Um, so we've, we've got two, two teams where a relatively, I'd say new to the sport if you compare us to the likes of England and the USA. Um, but it's definitely growing. There are smaller clubs forming. They're just not playing at our highest competitive level. Now, would you say it's just more of like a learning curve for those teams to get up to that level? Or is it due to, you know, I don't want to say lack of interest, but just wanting to stay where they're at? Um, I think it's more because they're just so new. So there's teams that have maybe set up last year and they might have six or eight or even ten players, but they've all just started playing. Um, so they've not really had the opportunity to um, get involved with the more competitive side of things. Okay. Uh, so I think it's more just they haven't had the chance to do it as opposed to they're shying away from it. 
Okay. Um, so what got you into dodgeball? Like, what was your first uh, go at it? Uh, so my first session, um, my flatmate at the time, Anthony Dow, invited me along to play at the Granite City Gorillas in Aberdeen. So I couldn't go because I had university um, exams or something on. So I was like, oh, wait until, wait until I finish and then I'll come along. So I turned up and I absolutely hated it. Um, everyone, everyone had the same vest on, the gorilla's vest with the slogan on the back. Everyone looked like they were in a metal band um, or had tattoos. And I turned up and I barely, barely had a beard. I was wearing blue and everyone else was wearing like black tops and looked like they would, you know, like kick, kick me in if I looked at them the wrong way. Because <laughs> uh, I was the new guy, I got picked on all night. And it was just a bunch of hairy dudes throwing balls at each other as hard as they could. And I hated it. But somehow he convinced me to go back. And I've been there ever since. And I think that was 2013 when I started. Oh, wow. Um, for anyone who doesn't know Aldred, for him to say barely had a beard. If you've ever, if you've ever seen Aldred, that statement is a big fallacy because he's, he definitely has one of the most epic beards in the game. <laughs> so for him to say barely have a beard, that's that's saying something. <laughs> I, I had, had to grow it to fit in. <laughs> uh, now, now the secret comes out. So what sports did you play growing up? Uh, so I started playing football when I was in primary school. So um, I think that's was that the equivalent of your elementary, I think. Yeah. Uh, um, primary school, yeah. So, so I, I played football in primary school. I wasn't, I wasn't very good, um, but my parents still took me along. I, I'd play. I wasn't, I wasn't hugely great at it. Um, I moved to secondary school, um, continued to play football, and then I just stopped playing because it was a bit harder to get to. My parents were not super fussed about me doing it, and I wasn't that good either, so I just kind of gave it up. Um, I changed schools and I took up football again as something to do um, to meet people because I didn't really know anyone at school. I still wasn't very good, so I gave that up and took up basketball, um, which was a bit better because I was tall. So I was actually good at the sport because I had that natural advantage. <laughs> I played that kind of socially. Um, it was like an after-school club. Then. I left school. I didn't do any sports. I went to university, but um, I studied architecture and I didn't have a huge amount of time to do any sports until I moved in with my then flatmate, Anthony. Um, and we did some mixed martial arts. Oh, wow. That slowly moved. I moved away from like the mixed side of things and did um, Muay Thai. And did that for quite a few years. I uh, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that I didn't have to be part of a team. Um, it was just me versus someone else. Did that for quite a bit. Then I got kind of bored of being in pain <laughs> after after every class from like kicking, kicking and punching someone else whilst they were kicking and punching you back. Um, so I I got into dodgeball. There was a bit of a crossover there. Um, doing dodgeball and Mai Tai. Uh, and that's, that's where I landed in 
dodgeball. Um, partway through playing dodgeball, I also picked up roller derby. Um, I did that for three three years. That was that was pretty fun. Um, I'm not a very good skater, so I spent most of my time on my toe stops running about. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of been my sport background. I've not. I started off with team sports, decided I didn't like them, <laughs> and got back into team sports. <laughs> the irony of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say in your dodgeball experience, what sport would you feel or what what sport would you feel was a, would be a good transition? Like you mentioned mixed martial arts, which is also something I I did when I was younger. And you also mentioned football, something also what I did when I was younger. We call it soccer here, people. Um, <laughs> what sport do you feel like – did you feel either one of them was a foundation to how you transitioned into dodgeball as far as, like, how you moved, how you saw the game? Or was um, dodgeball a fresh slate for you? I think in terms of a team sport, soccer definitely – I don't feel like it would have helped – if I'd continue to play that, it's there's kind of a different mentality on the team. Um, I think the might I helped for my throw and kind of how I could generate power to my throw um, and a little bit of movement. It kind of gave me that edge when throwing over other people that maybe hadn't done a sport where you have to use your body and body mechanics um, to get the most out of a throw or transfer of body weight and all that. Okay. Yeah, I would have, I would have to agree. I feel like um, that, that would definitely translate a lot better simply because you're using your whole body and you have to be aware of your foot placement and mechanics as far as how you torque, what you're seeing, and even, you know, how you examine your surroundings, I feel like coming from a judo background, but I've also done Muay Thai and Kyokushin. Um, you're taught to obviously pay attention to your surroundings. You're taught to pay attention to the variables in front of you and those that you can't see. And I feel like as far as awareness and dodgeball goes, that definitely helps. Um, so I guess reading, reading your opponent as well, if you can, if you know what they have to do to either throw a ball or move, then you can kind of predict what they're going to do. Yeah, definitely reading body language would definitely help in that end. And I feel like that's the one thing in martial arts that carries over more than any other sport. Um, so what drew you into uh, the competitive scene, like playing for Scotland and traveling um, to all these British dodgeball events? Um, I guess playing for Scotland, I was kind of – I didn't, I didn't know what to expect in terms of when I first trialed. Um, my first kind of dose of competitive dodgeball would have been when we traveled down to the, the British champs in, I think it was Birmingham in 2014. Um, I'd only ever played in Scotland against people at the Gorillas um, or some drunk stags at one of the championships. Then we we decided to we'd qualified to go to Birmingham to play at the British Championships at the time. And 
I went there and it was a massive eye-opener. There was heaps of teams, heaps of really good teams, and we, we got absolutely spanked. Like, we pro- I, I think we lost every game, and it was just such a huge eye-opener that other people were playing the sport, other people were taking the sport really seriously, and that there was people who wanted to make this a bigger thing. Um, so I think from that point, that led to wanting to get better and represent Scotland just from seeing that, okay, anytime we go down to play in England, we have to get better. We have to be better because they're ahead of us. They've got all this competition that we don't have up in Scotland. So we have to train and train and train and play and play just to be on their level. Um, And that's kind of part of the reason why we travel as much as we can because to be on their level we have to play as much as we can or play the people that are above us in a sense as often as we can to kind of get that experience and get that challenge yeah that makes sense um because some people whether here or abroad if they face a challenge or if they see a challenge and they get spanked like you said one of two things will happen. Either they'll run back and get better or they'll run away and stay at their current level or whatever. And I think it's very uh, inspiring that you mentioned that because at least for me and every time I've seen videos and everyone knows, like I see a lot of European videos as much as I see videos stateside, like you're a high level player and you still find that urge to challenge yourself and push yourself further. You're not content at where you're at you want to you know carry the banner for not just gcg but but scotland uh, as a whole so for for you, a top level player like yourself to to mention that you you wanted to get better you wanted to travel and get out there it just it really reinforces like you can't be comfortable where you're at it's one thing being the best at where you're at but you got to see what the competition looks like elsewhere and where you stock up there's there's always going to be a bigger team or a bigger bigger player than yourself. So you have to, I think, keep pushing yourself when you can. Um, I know I'm guilty of maybe not going to the gym at all and pushing myself in my downtime. Um, but when I'm on court, I'll, I'll play as hard as I can. Um, and I know some people maybe don't like that if it's meant to be a fun session or whatever, but I wanna, I wanna play to my best or challenge myself in a different way yeah i I definitely agree with that (laughs) i I agree with that more than you believe but uh, i I wanted to i wanted to ask because you mentioned you said british championships and you had to qualify for it what's the difference between the british championship and say the british open where i flew into um so that championship was actually through the uh, uk dba so that's the uh, the governing body before British Dodgeball. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the names were slightly different, but for the British champs, you need to qualify through, it will either be the Scottish, I believe for us it's the Scottish League. Um, I think in England it's also the league system. Uh, the British Open is an open competition, open to anyone, so... Uh, a team from America could come across, a team from Canada, a team from Peru, wherever. Um, 
and teams from all over the country. So it's the level's a lot different. So an open, you could have a university team that only plays for fun against the top of the English Premier League, like the Meteors or the Spartans or someone. Whereas the champs is kind of the best of the best combined from every corner of the UK. All right. And this was under the old uh, organization? Yeah, so it was uh, UK DBA at the time. Uh, it was a three-ball tournament in a, the Birmingham. Uh, it was like a national arena, but it kind of felt like we were in where they parked the lorries at night. It was like concrete floor, industrial shutters. Uh, it, it, it wasn't like super glamorous. Um, <laughs> But but it was it was it was a massive eye opener in terms of the amount of people there playing the sport. Um, since we'd only played with like the team in Aberdeen, <laughs> concrete floors not that glamorous. Very familiar, especially out here. <laughs> <laughs> so, how would you describe your play style uh, in regards to? Do you, have you have you played fun at all? I've played foam a little bit um, at the Gorillas. I'm not, I'm not very good at it. Um, it, it I, I don't know if that's because it doesn't suit my style or just because I've, I've played it like once or twice. That's fair. Okay, so let's let's answer this question in regards to cloth. Then, how would you describe your uh, play style? Uh, I'd say I'm very aggressive. I'm trying to push to the line, push to make big hits, um, big counters. I'm not super catchy. Um, working on that, working on my dodging. Um, I'm trying to try and play tactical as well, as best as my brain works on court. Um, but it's, it's mostly big hits, big aggressive moves forward. Yeah, I would have, I would have to agree. Um, I, I remember when I was there, uh, whenever the B team wasn't playing, we were often following you guys and like watching you guys and I would say you like to set the tone very well you, you like to set the tone right off the bat actually and um you go full force almost every time <laughs> um yeah I, I would have to agree with your assessment you're very intense on the court you like to set the tempo and I don't know if it's because of your experience or maybe just because you're almost taller than most of the opponents you're facing um, you have a natural ability to push people back and you're very, uh, very effective in that regard. So I have to agree with that assessment. And the beard, the beard scares people. As majestic as it is, it scares people. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of people say you can't. Um, I always feel like I'm smiling when I'm playing, but everyone gives a different account of that. <laughs> Well, it's hard to see it with all of it. It's really, it's really hard to see when you're smiling, unless you're up close, like, or on the screen. In this case, like, it's very hard to see you smiling. So a lot of times that comes off like, you know, shark and blood and blood infested waters. Like you're just going right after it every time. Um. All right. So, do you model your uh, play style after any particular player? Um. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's modeled after anyone, um, but I definitely, if I see a player that I like respect or enjoy watching, then I will try and see what they do and see if I can try it as well. Um, obviously, 
that's difficult depending on your body type and maybe your ability in certain areas. So if I watch someone catching who's a lot smaller than me or um, they're just a lot better catcher, um, I'm probably not going to do that as well. Um, I've been watching the Austrian team a lot. Um, I find that they are very agile, but they're also they're, they're quite a tall team. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, they've, they've always seemed, well, at least the past, what, three years that I've been watching? Yeah, about three years, I'd say. They seem like they're very lanky, but also like light on their feet. Like they can move yeah. like someone like me, but they're taller. <laughs> so it's got to yeah. be scary to face, especially when you have a strong arm and, and strong aim, but they're moving five, maybe 10 split seconds away from your throw. And you're thinking, well, that might be an invalid considering how quickly they throw or how quickly they dodge rather. Um, <laughs> so... I know you guys don't play rubber and foam is relatively new. So I'm going to modify this question um, to fit um, you guys over there. So what's your favorite style of cloth? Would it be that big eight, eight inch cloth from way, way back in the day? Um, or would it be that smaller cloth ball that we playing with now? Like uh, you had a right def there. Definitely the smaller cloth ball. I think it's, it's a much faster style. Like going from three ball, which was like, you take a turn, I'll take a turn. You take a turn. No, I'll take a turn now. Okay. Uh, it was very kind of polite and <laughs> tit for tat. Uh, five balls. It's, it is kind of turn for turn, but it's a much faster pace. Um, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more that can go on. Um, the ball size as well kind of levels the playing field for everyone. So before when we had those huge cloth balls, it was difficult for the ladies and some of the guys to throw effectively. But now with a smaller ball, it's kind of opened that wide open. Um, everyone finds it a bit easier to throw the ball. Everyone is now a bigger threat. Um, people's throws are faster, people's technique is better. It's just a much better game with a smaller cloth ball. Now, would you say the – now, this is more of a hypothetical. Would the eight-inch eight, uh, eight cloth ball be much more fun if it was five balls on the court instead of three? Or do you just feel like ball size makes a, makes a bigger difference? I, th I think it would still be fun. But I definitely think the smaller ball size helps. Um, like, I think when people talk about mixed, it's the greatest leveler in the mixed category is that the ball is just as easy to throw for the women as it is the men. Whereas before, the ladies would struggle with the larger ball size. So definitely smaller and more, just more uh, opens up the field a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree because um, I want to say back in 2013, uh, I don't remember who this guy was, but he would bring these eight and a half, or, I'm sorry, eight inch uh, cloth balls. And that was my first experience with cloth. 
and I hated it. I could not grip it. I could not like find the seam on it. It was just, it did not pick up well in LA. But if we had the, the smaller ones that we do have now, I think it would have picked up a lot sooner here. It just wasn't available at the time. So did you have any um, role models growing up, whether sport or otherwise? I guess as, uh, as a child, I probably looked up to football players. Um, my dad wasn't hugely into football, but he did support Man United um, growing up. Uh, so I guess like Ryan Giggs and David Beckham, uh, Peter Schmeichel, Peter Schmeichel, the goalkeeper um, for Man United were kind of probably my idols at a young age. Um, beyond that, I don't, I don't really look up to sports personalities or people like that. Anyone off of sport? Like whether it be an author or actor or any role models in that end? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> not, not, not off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, well, that's fair. I mean, I'm not a Man United fan, but I definitely, I definitely respect their, their legacy, especially the coach. He's easily one of the top five coaches in all sport, not even football, just all sport. Um, so we're going to get into the, some of the questions, but before we do, uh, do you have any pregame rituals? Um, so usually I find that a lot of people listen to music, and I think I'm one of those weird people that doesn't listen to any music before I play. Um, I'll, I'll usually do a warm-up. That's kind of my pre-game ritual, and it's the same warm-up I've done since, oh, God, like, since I started. Um, just just to get my my head in the space that I'm about to play. Um, throw a couple of balls about. Uh, that's about it. Just just the standard the standard warm up that I do. So you do a standard warm up, but no music uh, to prelude into that. Yeah, you're right. That <laughs> it's it's pretty weird. I should probably get some headphones or something. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Also, there was one thing I forgot to ask. Um, how has COVID impacted you over there in Aberdeen? Um, so we've, I think we've been pretty lucky in terms of we've not been hugely affected in terms of the amount of cases in Aberdeen um, and in Scotland in general. We've had a similar lockdown to England and it's maybe been a little bit longer um, and slower getting new you know kind of coming out of our caves um, but i i think it's been okay um it's it's a weird situation it's kind of you think it would only last a couple of weeks and then three or four months later you're still in your house um staring at the same walls thinking okay we'll be getting out soon now right <laughs> But other than just like the gym shutting down, it hasn't really affected you as much? Uh, I guess I've been less social. I've seen, I kind of took it for granted that I see the same people once, twice, maybe three times a week. So I don't really have to communicate with them via WhatsApp or messages or emails or whatever. And now I have to do that. Um, and that, I've been kind of lazy in that respect. I'm not, 
great at keeping in touch with people, um, but I'm slowly trying to get better. I, I mean, it, it's definitely a, an adjustment um, on that end to like all of a sudden your life just changes. Because I remember, like I said, the first first thing I know, um, you know, I'm in you know playing tournaments in in Texas, and then coming back, and then a week later, just like the Thanos snap, just like everything just goes away, and like wow, I did not expect that at all. Yeah, uh, I was, <laughs> was in in work, and the lady I worked with was kind of like freaking out. It's like, oh, what are we gonna do? A bear better take my laptop home, better take the screens home. And I'm sitting there like, ah, it'll be fine. We'll all be fine. It'll be fine. And then the next day I'm told to go home and take my stuff and not come into work. And then I have to go into work to pick up my stuff because I'm not going to be in work for like two weeks. And then two weeks is four, four months or however long. <laughs> all right. So getting back to the crowdsource questions, Pete Watt asks, if you could play for any club in the world, which would you pick and why? So say if it wasn't um, GCG, where would you imagine seeing yourself play? So I guess I, could, I thought about this one and I couldn't, couldn't really whittle it down to just one club, but I have a few clubs that are in different countries. Um, okay. Let's go with that. So the, the first club would be in Wales. It would be the Wizards. Um, because they're, they're good friends of ours. Um, they seem like a lot of fun. They're really down to earth, really chill. Similar, I feel like they're a similar club to us, so it would just be a direct fit. If I was just to be, be popped into Carmarthen, I'd be fine. It'd be like nothing had changed. Um, the next one would be Shamrock Ravenna in Italy. Um, I think they've got a really cool culture. Um, they do like meals at the end of year where everyone sits together and they have awards and prizes, but they've also got a really good adult team. A lot of Italian international players, the likes of Matteo Mini, um, Eduardo uh, Gazzelli, um, just to name a few. Um, and they're really nice as well. Um, I guess the barrier there would be that I do not speak any Italian, so that would, <laughs> that would be a bit of an issue. Yeah, I could translate for you. <laughs> and then I guess the last club that was kind of on my list was the Nasty Nutcrackers, um, the Austrian team. Okay. They seem like they seem like a team that you'd be really pushed um, playing in. The Austrian league's very competitive. You have a lot of um, the Austrian national team there. Um, Stefan Leitinger, uh, Andreas Koch, uh, two of the the Austrian men's team. Um, but they also have a lot of the Austrian national team in their team. Um, so I think that would be a really good team to push yourself alongside and on. Any on the state side? <laughs> See, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the teams too well um, in America, other than the ones I have shirts for, um, and I purely just base it on the shirts. Um, yeah, your we'll sister, go with that. 
your system is kind of different from ours. We have a club and then teams come out of the club. A lot of stuff stateside seems like it's lots of little teams. They seem like there's like eight to ten people on a team. I don't I don't know if that's true, but that's just how it appears. Um, well, I will say this. I think the difference between structure as far as clubs and teams go is like like you said, like you'll have your club and then your teams come from that club, as opposed to teams here where I wouldn't say we have a club structure, we have a team structure. Like we're you know, teams aren't hosting um sessions and trying out uh, and trying out new players or anything like that they're pretty much hosting their own thing so it's more seclusive in that end so there's not going to be like let's say for example um i know one of the shirts you have is goat um there's not going to be a goat a team b team and c team it's just goat yeah like you're either on that team or you're not and i feel like a lot of like i don't think there's any team stateside that has that tier one tier two and maybe even tier three system that you guys have over there so i would say that's probably the biggest difference as far as like how teams are made up and everything and there's a lot more player movement between um teams i would say yeah i see um well back back when it was elite dodgeball you'd see the photos of people with their medals or the the elite banner and it'd be like oh i thought they were in a, diff a different team because it's like a different category but it's they're in multiple teams and it was yeah that, that's probably like the only difference like if, if i'm playing let's say like you know one team i could play like the open category and the other team i'll play for a different uh category entirely for my mixed and that's a lot more common out here than it is over there where you have one player play for the same team regardless of category All right. <laughs> this was a question I was hoping someone would ask. Kevin McDonald asked, your beard is as recognized as the greatest thing known to mankind. <laughs> care to share your beard care hints and tips? Uh, Kev. <laughs> I, I, I play alongside Kev. Uh, probably the oldest uh, standing member of the club um, so he's he's uh, grown alongside the beard um, <laughs> I guess I guess my tips for growing a very big beard would be be lazy uh, that, that, that's tip number one if you can be lazy just let it grow don't get bothered by it itching don't cut it don't do anything just be lazy to start off with that is tip number one <laughs> Uh, t tip number two would be to wash it and brush it. No one likes a tangled mess. Um, you will hate yourself if you don't brush it daily. Uh, and I guess tip number three would be to uh, put some product in it. And I don't mean like hair gel or anything. I mean like get a, get a beard oil or a beard balm. Look after it so it doesn't go crispy. <laughs> But but the biggest tip is stay lazy. Stay lazy. You hear that, Kevin? I hope you're listening. Stay lazy. <laughs> All right. So uh, I've toyed with this new segment. Um, 
Def, I'm, I think I might actually keep it going. So it's going to be your turn. So I'm going to call this Ask Surge Anything. So I'm going to give you three questions. Actually, you're going to give me three questions and I'll answer them rapid fire. Okay. Can, can I ask for your pin, pin number and security details or do, do they have to be actual questions? <laughs> Let's keep it dodgeball related. <laughs> we do have listeners. Uh, I guess the the first one be a nice easy one your favorite jersey and why Ooh, favorite jersey and why um would it have to be a jersey i own or a jersey i've seen any any jersey um i would have to say okay so i'm gonna kind of cheat and i'm gonna pick three so obviously <laughs> so uh, one of them is from um this is an old school team from way, way back in the day called Team Evil. And they had these like like killer jerseys that look like, uh, I don't know if you guys have it, motocross over there, like dirt bikes. Oh, yeah. 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 So to me, like anytime I see that old school Team Evil jersey, I think motocross. And I've never watched motocross, but it just, I don't know why those two worlds blend together, but I love it and it's a, it's a good mesh. So I'll say that. Um, I would say there's a team in the East called Anarchy. Um, they have the like red Punisher logo, but they're, they have like a full on like football kit. So they have the matching Jersey, matching top, matching, um, shorts. And I think they even have a jacket to go with it. You know, they look really clean cut and professional. And then they have this like slogan on the back of their Jersey, um, uh, that says, I think it says obedience is futile. So it fits the mold of that team and fits their brand. So I definitely would have to say that. And then my third, uh, yeah, I would definitely have to say uh, GCG uh, just because there's definitely a lot of variety in either kit, either iteration, and it just it looks good with everything. So I'll go with that. <laughs> awesome. Um Player that terrifies you on court. I'm going to say it's not, I'm not really terrified of really anyone, but then again, I'm kind of wired the wrong way. Like, I feel like the only thing I fear more than the opposition is the mental mistakes I may make. Um, but I would have to say if I had to pick a player on the court that I would fear or that may make me closest to it um i would have to say maybe catch him uh and that not to like disrespect him in any way like he's really a talented player he's easily one of the top players in the world but i'm just not one of those people that whether brave either for reasons of bravery or reasons of foolishness i don't fear anyone i legit you know if you beat me you beat me if i get hit i get hit it, it is what it is <laughs> so I would say catch him. Cool. And I guess the last one, country you'd love to watch play, uh, dodgeball, or that doesn't play, and you'd like to be like them to introduce themselves to dodgeball. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> country that I like to watch play. Um, okay, so I would say 
in different, uh, so I'm going to pick um, different styles. So, what was the, the last part of that question? If this country doesn't play, uh, you'd like to introduce them to dodgeball. So, say Brazil or okay. some country uh, like that. So, I'm going to answer the first part. Country I love to watch play. Um, I would definitely say USA's foam team, just because the start the 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 makeup of the team is designed to where we can play slow, tactful, or we can just make it rain and just throw exponentially and hit our targets and just close out a game. So just the versatility of the USA foam team, um, I would say, is a team I'd like to wa- I love to watch, but a team that I would like to see introduced into dodgeball. Um, and I feel like they were going to be introduced at some point, but there have just been numerous delays. I would have to say Puerto Rico, um, mainly because I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican, and I would like to see representation come out of there. So it's definitely a country I would like to see uh, at a future Worlds event. Cool. All right. So to close out this episode, to close out this interview, do you have any shout-outs you would like to give? Uh, Firstly, shout-out to the Gorillas team. Um, Hugely supportive in every ridiculous thing that we do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So everyone in the team. Um, And shout-out to the rest of the Scotland Highlanders. (laughs) Um, I would have to agree. Um, I would say when I was on, when I, when I played for GCG, I didn't feel awkwardly out of place. I felt like I was right at home. And that was something of an environment that like, you don't get to land in as often. So I would definitely say like, as far as culture and camaraderie and support, like the moment I met everyone on the team or everyone that was there, rather, I can honestly say, yeah, they're, they're legit, um, very home, very like, how do, I, how do I say, like very home kind of team. Like you just, you feel at home with your, when you're with the gorillas and there's nothing like the support you can have from the sideline while you're learning the game on the fly, so to speak. So I'll definitely have to agree with that. All right. It's like a uh, big family. <laughs> you guys have what, like 30 people on your team? Or uh, something like, like that. So, right. So, thir- yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people. Anytime I see, like, a full group, group photo, it's like, yeah, say close to 30 people, men and women. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and this is where we're going to end the interview here. All right, and that was my interview with Aldred. Aldred, thank you so much for taking time and letting people know a little bit about your dodgeball story and your love for of kit collecting as well as the secret to growing an epic beard um if you've stayed with me this whole time i do have more guests lined up more scheduled um in the coming weeks for the international series i hope you guys are really enjoying this uh as it's been a long time in the making um for my end and i want to th- also thank steve uh for letting me run with it uh, if anyone was going to run with it it had to be me and um I'm happy with the results so far, and I can only promise it's only going to get better with the guests we have. So if you stayed with me this long, um, stay tuned for the next one. Stay tuned for the next interview Steve has lined up, and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side.
you want to stop cloud recording if okay